So for those of you that don't know who I am, my name is Andrew Garcia, and I'm one of the teaching pastors here at LifePoint Church. Um, our lead pastor, Danny Rivers, is over at uh, a church plant that we helped start actually in Bernie, uh, helping out another brother today. So he's disappointed that he can't be with us, but we're going to have a good time anyways. So I, I want to start off today by kind of just setting the record straight. How many of you guys have heard the saying, opposites attract? Okay, how many of you believed it? No, you're saying that now. Okay, I'm here to tell you that opposites attract is a lie. Scientifically, it is a lie. So opposites attract only applies to magnets. Now, here's the thing. I know some people are clingy like magnets. <laughs> but we are not magnets. And here's the thing today. You attract on the outside who you are on the inside. Okay, you attract on the outside who you are on the inside, meaning that what is actually inside of you, what is leading your heart, the company that you keep, is a reflection of that. So today we're in part two of a series called Rumble Strip, and this is based off of a series done by Pastor Andy Stanley, and um, his, his series called Guardrails. And I know it's going to be really tempting while we kind of work through this to think, man, I wish that my brother was here to hear this. I wish my aunt was here to hear this. You know, as parents, you might be like, my kid better be paying attention, throwing some elbows. But before you do that today, I just want you to take a step back and think, what is it that I need to hear from this today? Because if you're a Christian, and especially if you consider yourself to be a follower of Jesus, today could have some huge implications for some stuff that you need to change or, or, or kind of rearrange in your heart and in your life today. So we kicked off this series, Rumble Strip, with the, with the definition, and this was the definition of our Rumble Strip. A personal standard of behavior that becomes a matter of conscience. In other words, a personal boundary that we choose we should not cross. Okay, and what we learned was that a Rumble Strip on the road, right, is, is a raised series of strips across the road or along its edge to warn drivers that they are at the edge, and what's so unique about rumble strips is that they're actually placed in the area of safety. There's a safe zone, right? There's still margin to correct yourself before you wreck yourself, right? And, and, here's, and here's the thing. They, what we know is that they help direct and protect. And chances are, like if you've taken a trip from here to Houston and you're on your way back and it was late at night and you dozed off, you were abruptly woken up by the sound and the shaking of your vehicle from hitting rumble strips. They literally open your eyes to your behavior of crossing from your safe lane into dangerous territory. And the bottom line of last week was that you cannot correct what you don't detect. Now, now this is so important for us because rumble ships are meant to wake us up before we cross the line. Right? Before we cross into the space where we're going to hurt ourselves or others. They're meant to minimize the damage or completely Direct, redirect you from having damage to yourself or to vehicles. And so when it comes to our lives, and this is a truth that I think we would all agree with, that we need rumble strips, not just on the road, right, but in, in our finances, with our morals, right, in our professional world. And what we're going to dive into today is that we need rumble strips in our relationships. And so I think you guys are pretty smart, and I'd say that you would all probably just agree with that, but we also live in a culture that doesn't want to define rumble strips either. They don't want to define boundaries, right? Because to set up a boundary for yourself might offend someone else, and that would be judgmental. 
And so today, I want us to kind of look at and take a stance on reflecting on our lives and exercising good judgment as we kind of carry on this conversation today. Because you attract on the outside who you are on the inside. Some of us need to reconsider the steps we're taking and the company that we're keeping. And here's the deal is what we're talking about today is not about right or wrong. This isn't, this isn't an argument that we're having. We're going to be talking about wisdom. And the problem with wisdom that so, many people ha- that so many people have is it's kind of this gray area. It enters into a gray space because what's right for you might not be wrong for me or vice versa. But when it comes to relationships, there's kind of a rule of thumbs that we should follow. And this, again, it's not about an argument about what you should or shouldn't do. This is about how do we best win in life. In light of my past mistakes, what's the wise thing to do? In light of my current circumstances, my my present life, what's the wise thing to do? In light of my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? And so to make this easier for us today, I want you to look at your neighbor and just tell them, it's not you, it's me. There you go. Now you probably broke up with somebody like that or somebody broke up with you like that. So now that you kind of got that off your chest, okay, and we know that this isn't about anyone else but ourselves, what we need to first acknowledge is the temptation that we face starts on the outside if we do not choose who we are on the inside. The temptation that we face starts on the outside if we do not choose who we are on the inside. You remember when you were a kid and mom and dad or grandma and grandpa or whoever took care of you would be like, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Remember this? (laughs) And we laughed because we thought they'd be crazy. They don't know what they're talking about. But for some of us, right, life has been lived. We've learned some things. We've grown up. And we have realized that mom and dad, they weren't so wrong after all. See, they they were wrong until they were right. Because what they realized as parents, we now realize as adults, that the world around us shapes the world within us. And this is why mom and dad were so paranoid about the friends that we chose to hang out with. Because they knew that what makes friendship so powerful also makes friendship so vulnerable. Because we open up. We let our guards down. We're, We're willing to compromise a little here and there to fit in, to be liked because we like being liked and we love feeling like we're part of something in a community that's bigger than ourselves. And if you're like me and you have a slight obsession with memes online, then you definitely know this is true because you've seen some of the stuff they do, people do around their buddies, right? It's so hilarious and so stinking stupid. You're like, where do these guys come up with this stuff? And it's usually guys. We got to admit that. Right? Around the right group of friends, we seem to just lose our heads. Which is why for so, so many of us, when it came to growing up, we had so much friction with our parents. Because we wanted freedom from their chains, and they wanted to keep us free from getting put in chains. And so here's the truth. That even though that we've all grown up, that desire to be liked is still within us. We haven't escaped that. And this is why we need rumble strips in our lives. Because your greatest relational regrets might have been avoided if you had set up some boundaries for yourself 
when it came to your relationships. You see, we have to be intentional to surround our lives with people who embody the goals, the traits, and characteristics we want reflected in our own. Because relationships, they rub off. And we pick up each other's traits. So for those of you whose life experience maybe hasn't, you know, you don't have enough yet, or you're like, man, I don't believe you. Bro, there's science behind it. Ready for this? I believe in science. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. A cover was recently done by business insiders on a neuroscientist named Moran Cerf. Now, this dude is a, he's a professor over at, or he's a scientist over at Northwestern University, and he's been doing research for the last 10 years. And this is what this cover had to say, this article, over his research. His neuroscience research has found that when two people are in each other's company, this is interesting, their brain waves will begin to look nearly identical. Nervous? You should be. Look to your left. Look to your right. Who's around you? Surface found that the more that we study engagement, we see time and time again that just being next to certain people actually aligns your brain with them. Which means that the people that we hang out with actually have an impact on our engagement with reality beyond what we can explain. And one of those effects is you become like them. Now, this is not ammunition for the next marital argument. I told you you were like your dad. I told you you were like your mom. You can't do that. But Surf's conclusion is this, that if people want to, listen to this, maximize happiness and minimize stress. If you want to maximize happiness and minimize stress, they should build a life that requires fewer decisions by surrounding themselves with people who embody the traits they prefer. And here's the kicker. Over time, they naturally pick up those desirable attitudes and behaviors. And the opposite is also true. You can pick up undesirable attitudes and behaviors. Because the people that you decide to let into your life are going to impact the quality and the direction of your future. But what I find so incredible about this is that what science is just now uncovering, we find written in scripture thousands of years ago. You see, King Solomon, who would be considered one of the wisest and wealthiest kings in all of history, wrote this down as, in, in what we now know as Proverbs 13.20. Walk with the wise and become wise. Now, now, he doesn't say that it, it, it doesn't, no, no intention required, right? You just, you walk with the wise and you become wise. It's unintentional. Now, now, who are wise people? Wise people are those who understand that my past is connected to my present, which will show up in my future. They, they connect the dots that all of life is connected. And so if you do life with people who are wise, you will inevitably become Wise, without effort, without intent. Now, why, why is this? Because we know that there's an unspoken truth about relationships. They either develop or they decay. They either influence you in a positive way or they influence you in a negative way. 
and then you move in the direction that your relationships are heading. It continues. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, who's a fool? Somebody who lives recklessly, right? Somebody whose life is all about carpe diem, seize the day. They, they don't recognize that the decisions I make today are going to impact tomorrow, or they just choose to not care, right? They, they live by this motto. I got to look at it now. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Foolish. Fools. And, and here's the thing is we have to read between the lines a little bit here. Because what is being said has huge implications. Remember, we're talking about wisdom today. And so what Solomon is, he, he didn't say walk with fools and become a fool. Which means that you can be wise and have foolish friends. But it could cost you something. You see, you can have good intentions for your life. You, you can be moving in the right decisions or moving in the right way, making the right decisions. Man, you could be slaying the game for yourself. But if you have a company of fools, if you hang out with foolish people, the ones who live their life like a party all the time, then you could suffer harm and hang out with them long enough, and you will. Because our proximity to people who are foolish, we will suffer the consequences of their foolish behavior. Listen, not, not because you're foolish, but because of your proximity to them, their bad decisions will impact you. And, and I know what some of us are thinking, right? Like, well, I don't do what they do. I don't go where they go. Yet. Because stick around long enough, and what does surf tell us? That our brain waves begin to align. The way they think is the way that we begin to think. The decisions they make are the decisions that we begin to make and take. And come on, we, we all know that that we've, we've made that one bad decision with your friends one time too many? Because proximity pulls us in. And here's the deal. We, we really know this is true because whenever you have kids, right, and, and you have some friends who are close to you, like you got, I know some of you have some, you know, girlfriends or you got some guys who you have like, you know, a healthy bromance with. That's cool. Um, here's, here's the thing. I don't know why I said bromance. It's because I saw Cody. He's my man. Um, you're like, you're like, nah, you, come on. You, you know, you've done this before. Your friend's like, man, I just got his number. You're like, girlfriend, you better delete that. Right? Boy, you better not go talk to her. Right? Son, daughter. Hey, hey, I, I know that you're not a troublemaker, but the friends that you're trying to choose are troublemakers. And even though you might not make bad decisions, their bad decisions are going to impact you. We just know that this is true. So why do we then think that we are the exception to the rule. In light of your life, of your future hopes and dreams, right now, are you exercising good relational rumble strips? Because friends who don't care about their life aren't going to care about your life. Friends who aren't intentional about their finances aren't going to be intentional about helping you with your finances. Friends who don't care about their reputation or their job or their career, whatever. They're not going to be intentional or care about yours either. If you have somebody who's careless in one category or all categories, they're not going to care about your life, your future, or your decisions. And come on, let's, let's be honest. Friends who make bad decisions have the most fun with you 
when you make the bad decisions with them. Right? Think about this. The best and worst decisions of your life have always started with just one more. What if? You won't. It's a guy thing. Oh, come on. It'll be fun. This is why we need rumble strips in our lives. To wake us up before we get into dangerous space. Look, this isn't about limiting your freedom. This is about helping you get the most out of the freedom that you have. Because rumble strips are used to warn drivers that they are at the edge. So what are we going to do about it today? I just want to give you five suggestions to consider when it comes to the relationships that you have now or the relationships that you choose in the future. One, and I gave it a Texas flair. Are they treading where you're heading? Are they treading? <laughs> that messed me up. Are they treading where you're heading? Do the people that you find yourself surrounded by the most, are they moving towards their goals and dreams? And here's the thing. Does what they say match what they do? Because nothing sells us out quicker than our words and nothing confirms it more than our actions. It's not just about what you have in common. You can't be like, they like tacos, I like tacos. Everyone likes tacos. It can't be, I like Adidas, they like Adidas. We like the same music. Do their priorities line up with their values? And then, do they line up with yours? Like, they might have a job, but you might want a career. They might have enjoy bouncing from one relationship to the next, but you want something serious and stable. Are they growing? Are they challenging themselves? Are they moving in the same direction that you want to move? Because if they're not, man, you need to take a step back and stop because relationships rub off in positive ways and in negative ways. There is no middle ground. Where are they heading? Because that reflects what is leading their hearts. And here's the deal. Some of your friends are leading you just like you're leading someone else. Are you moving in the right direction. The second thing is who you are on the inside different than how you act on the outside? Is who you are on the inside different than how you act on the outside? In other words, do you have to wear a mask in order to fit in? Like you have some things in common and that's cool, but don't be inauthentic and disingenuous to yourself to fit into a group. And, and this is when you find yourself nodding to things that they're saying on the outside like this, but on the inside you're like, no, I don't agree with that. I don't stand for that. It's when we catch ourselves lying to ourselves, right? Internally, you're having this conversation with yourself like, oh, I don't, I don't really believe that. I don't really, it doesn't really mean anything. How can you pretend to lie to yourself that you aren't something that you're acting to be? Think about that for a moment. It's kind of confusing, and that's because it is confusing. When you feel the pressure to be someone other than you are, it's time to reconsider the relationship. And number three, which to me, this is the most important one. Do you have to sell out to buy in? Do you have to sell out to buy in? Do you feel pressure to compromise? 
When something that used to tempt you is now in front of you. When, when, when what has never been an issue for you before is suddenly staring you in the face, something should wake up inside of you. Dangerous territory ahead. Don't trade who you are and what you believe for conditional relationships that won't add value to you, but will erode your character. Your views and your values are being shaped and they're leading you somewhere or they're poking holes into your future. Don't sell out to buy in. And here's the thing about rumble strips. They warn you only as you run, run, run across them. Right? Once you cross them, they stop. Which means that the rest of the decision after that point rests entirely in your hands. And you're no longer a victim. You are a participant. Number four. Do you have to convince yourself? This one kills me. I'll go, but I won't participate. Come on. How many times have you lied to yourself with this one? We don't let kids do this to us, right? Like, Dad, their parents aren't going to be there. There'll be five dudes, but it'll be okay, I promise. And here's like a general rule of thumbs. Anywhere there's a dude, there's probably going to be trouble. Like, he could be the holiest of holies, and if he didn't pray that day, he's going to (laughs) sin. Guys are just, we got issues, man. No conscious thoughts sometimes, we just act. Okay, moving forward. Sorry, dudes. I'm, I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. Okay, this is not what this conversation is today. Each of us are an adult. But if you find yourself running up against one of these issues, these rumble strips in your life, man, don't just cross over. Take a second. Take a step back. Take the foot off the pedal. Should I actually go through with this? Do I need to go hang out with that person? Should I go to that place? Take a a second to just reevaluate and rethink. And number five, when you hope the people you care about don't know your whereabouts. When you hope the people you care about don't know your whereabouts. See, even if you get to where you're going and you do nothing wrong, Even if nothing bad happens, if in your heart and in your mind you've begun to come up with reasons why or lies to hide who you're with or where you're going, you've crossed the line. Even if you've done nothing wrong, if you have to hide who you're with or where you're going, you need to wake up before you do something wrong. And and here's the thing. This is why culture hates this idea. It seems so stupid that if I haven't done anything wrong yet, if no one's been hurt, why compromise on freedom that hasn't been infringed upon yet? And I get that it seems ridiculous, but come on. We all know somebody who knew that they weren't supposed to be somewhere, and they were there. They shouldn't have made that decision, gone with that person, done that thing, and they did. And they're living in the consequence of a bad decision. Because we are all one bad decision away from ruining our lives. Why do we feel like we have to tiptoe to the edge of danger to feel alive? I think think too many people are waking up in the mirror nowadays and looking at the man that they see in the mirror, the woman that they see in the mirror, and they're wondering, how did I get here? 
How is this my life? Why has it come to this? Why haven't I accomplished more? Because as relationships develop or decay, you develop or decay. Don't be someone who wakes up and wonders, how did I get here? How did it come to this? How can this be my life? If we know that our friends determine and direct the quality of our future, we need to be intentional about who we let in the door. Jesus makes this statement that is often underlooked, and I think it kind of flies under the radar, but I want to read it to us today. And the context here is Jesus is having a conversation with some people that has turned into an argument, and they don't want him to win. And so Jesus, the way that he is, he always has the best last word. And so he says something and then drops the mic. And this is what I want to read to you today. It's in Luke 7, 35. Wisdom is proved right by all her children. In other words, wisdom leads to an outcome. It, it leads to a result that proves itself to be right. Wisdom always has the last word. And right now, for some of you, the wheels are turning in your head. There's some relationships that you know, man, it's not healthy. There's some friend groups that you have that you know, man, this, this, isn't, this isn't the smart thing for me to do. And the craziest thing is from the time that it takes you to get out of your, get out of your seat and walk back to your car, you could argue yourself right back into a relationship that you know you shouldn't be in. Because this isn't about right or wrong. This is about what is the wise thing to do. Don't fool yourself to thinking that you're the exception to the rule. Don't exercise your freedom in a way that's going to cost you something. Whoever that name was, whoever that friend group was, I would challenge you. Write it down. Then write down the reason you put why. Then put it on a sticky and put it in front of your mirror. That way every day when you wake up, you remember why you need to drop it like it's hot. I had to. And, and here's the thing is, I, I know that that's like, man, Andrew, that's, that's critical. That's judgmental. That's harsh. Is it? We, we admitted that it's about us, not them. Right? And if the honest thing is, if it's in light of my future and my hopes and my dreams, it has nothing to do with them. This is about what is wise and best for your life and where you are trying to go. And as a matter of fact, pushing them away might actually set you up to help them out later when their world falls apart. Because you'll be in a place where you can speak and give life to them. It's probably one of the most loving gestures that you could do right now for them and for you. And here's the thing. I know we don't always get to choose the people we work with and the people that we live with. And this is why we offer small groups here at LifePoint. Like, this is why we give you an opportunity to, to choose your friends in faith. Because you need people who are moving in the same direction, who want the same things for their lives. You need those people in your life to help you move and get the most out of life. Paul makes this, makes this statement, and I want to read this to you here, Ephesians 5, 14 through 16. I'm almost done, I promise. This is what he says. This is why it is said. And somebody, I, I want you to hear this today as if he's talking to you. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, 
how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Establish some relational rumble strips because you'll either be glad you did or you wish you had. And we're going to pick up this conversation next week. I want to pray over us. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Fathers, we just stand before you today kind of simmering on these thoughts. God, for some of us, there are some friends that have come to mind, some friend groups that have come to mind that we need to make and create some distance from. God, and I pray that you would just give us the right words, the right out, if you would, to be able to create margin and space and distance between those relationships before they pull us down farther than they already have. God, for some of us today, we need to realize this is not about, this is not an act of judgment against them. This is not an act of, 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 of not loving them. This is about us and the future and the hopes and the dreams that we have for ourselves and how we can only reach and achieve those if there are some relational baggage that we drop. So today, work on our hearts, work on our minds, show us who needs to go and who needs to stay, and help us make better decisions starting today.